This is Verse Curious, the podcast of new poetry reviews. I'm Benjamin Landry. Taken down from the bookshelf today is Harbinger by Shelley Puhak, published by Echo Books in October 2022. Shelley Puhak is not afraid to hold our feet to the fire. Her National Poetry Series winning collection, Harbinger, explodes the idea of unified meaning with a series of ruthlessly depersonalized experiments and personae. Her portraits of the artist are so expansive and varied that we get the sense that we cannot possibly be considering the same artist, but rather the notion of artistry and all of its messy permutations and contradictions. Puhak gives us poems as unleashed as Portrait of the Artist Speaking Viking, Portrait of the Artist as a Squirrel, Portrait of the Artist as Cassandra, and Portrait of the Artist as a Dud. In her Portrait of the Artist as an Artist, she relates, Someone he loves starts sobbing, and this poem hisses, You might as well make use, make some art of such suffering. This poem always takes advantage of the afternoon light. I, its creator, am like a lot of things. An abandoned umbrella? A parking ticket? Mostly I'm like a dog in the brush, like my own bird dog in the brambles, pointing, only pointing. If we think of these poems as arrows, the artist is merely the quiver. Puhak anticipates the old accusation that poetry does nothing in terms of influencing the course of world events. It does not drive the economy, and it does not manufacture warheads or vaccines. All it can be creditably said to do is promulgate awareness. It keeps the joys and failings of our civilizations front and center, where they lodge in the collective consciousness, until we have no choice but to act upon them, or conversely, to make the unethical choice to ignore them. The sense of its pointing is its crucial achievement. Of course, the choice to make use of suffering for art also has an ethical dimension which is why I maintain that Puhak's poems are ruthless. While the poems in Harbinger nod to the future, they more often excavate the past in order to elucidate its future, our present. Hence a poem like The Portrait of the Artist Looking Over Her Shoulder, or Portrait of the Artist in the NICU, in which the speaker's pregnancy ultrasound is foreshadowed by a visit to Pompeii, featuring the plaster cast under museum glass, a pregnant woman, her curling, clutching shape in seaside ash. Here the double fetus, the mother buried in pyroclastic ash, the unborn child within her, implicate the speaker's caretaking and perhaps speak for the tenuousness of our own protective efforts, particularly when the parent is an artist, subject to all that often comes with artistry, self-doubt, boredom, economic precarity, long stretches of aimlessness and rejection interspersed with irregular flashes of what might be success. Another instructive backward glance occurs in the collection's final poem, Portrait of the Artist as a Bog Body. This poem, which must surely be an homage to Seamus Haney's The Tolland Man, gives voice to one of those fertility sacrifices preserved in peat. We keep writing what we know, scapegoats and rope, reports our narrator. We keep waiting to be the next ones exposed and hoisted up, rediscovered by anthology or dismembered by backhoe. One wonders about the true degree of difference inherent in the two alternatives offered here, whether sterile preservation in the pages of an anthology 
would truly be any more consequential than the prospect of one's actual bones being turned up by machinery. At least the latter would bring construction to a momentary halt, and perhaps make the local paper. In any event, these people, who became the garroted bog-bodies, must surely have known the demonstrable importance of their role in a cosmogony, ensuring the productive crops of the ensuing year. The artist works with comparably much less certainty. The poems in Harbinger, surveying the present, are alternately the most awestruck and bewildered. The portrait of the artist after the shooter drill laments, O shooter drill, I bow to your chipping linoleum, your three syllables, your rusted intercom. O shooter drill for you, only for you, we stuff our offspring into closets. Puhak literalizes the objection of the many ways which we daily, in our policy-making and our resignation, bow to the most violent impulses of our species. The shooter drill terrorizes the speaker's son, who is just a pawn in this bloody national psychodrama. O shooter drill, continues the speaker, you maim me a liar too, murmuring, you're safe, you're safe, while he sobs into his dump truck quilt. The poem points out the cowardice of a nation that inflicts this systemic trauma on its children, pretending that there are no other options. The speaker does not let itself off the hook, admitting, Oh, shooter drill, what a shit I am, silent in my own closets, downing wine and Advil. We are all cowering under our desks. Why do we need this poetry now? Puhak's harbinger turns out to be strong medicine for a sick nation. It tackles exploitation and faces the Anthropocene. In Portrait of the Artist Watching the Space Shuttle Explode, Puhak made clear to me how watching that tragedy unfold on television and school marked us of a certain generation for tragedy, in a way that felt uncannily familiar during the slow-motion, televised cataclysm of 9-11. The Challenger explosion, it turns out, was a harbinger. For us. For who we would become. That's it for this episode of First Curious. Much gratitude to Deborah Sedell for our theme music, with production assistance from Ryan Miller. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, and consider donating via the button on the Verse Curious Red Circle homepage with my thanks in advance. See you next time.